and welcome to the edition podcast. I'm Charlotte Henry. It's one of those weeks where we go stateside and particularly West Coast side because we're going to Hollywood. And that means two things. One, it means I have to have Sean McNulty on the show from The Ankler. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm good. I am I am in the East Coast, just to be clear. But yeah, you're in, in New York, but you cover I'm bridging Hollywood. the gap. I'm bridging the gap. Yep. And the other thing it means is you've not solved the Hollywood strikes. <laughs> I'm not, uh, it's above my pay grade. Maybe that's the way to put it. But uh, I thought you yeah. and Rushfield were on it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I think I like to think we would be doing a better job of it. But you know, listen, uh, the talent talent negotiations are always tough. Well, and you're the proof of that, aren't you? Let's. I've heard about your contract. Let's be honest. So you know, yeah, yeah I can drop <laughs> but, a real, real deal here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, joking aside, though, this is now becoming a real problem for lots of people in lots of different ways. So let's just do two minutes on a recap. This all started four months ago. Uh, beginning of May. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. four, four and a half months ago. Oh, what do you like? Uh, that's first when the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, they first called a strike over various things. Please listen back to the other shows I've had Sean on uh, to discuss that. That lays it out. But it's basically things like size of writers' rooms, residuals, Worrying about AI taking their jobs. I'm being a bit Correct. crude, but those are the basic things. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks later, the actors, which is SAG-AFTRA, that's their union, isn't it? SAG-AFTRA went in mid-July, yep. Yep, and they went a few weeks later. Oft, actually, are not too dissimilar things. Some of the concerns are crossed over. Yeah, I mean, you know, writers' rooms obviously isn't a concern, no. um, but things like uh, auditioning policies and you know AI is probably even a, arguably even maybe a bigger yes. factor for them to, to likenesses some and things. Debate that as you will, um, and then also back to that streaming data, which is also on both of their list of getting that, you know, being incentivized in success. Uh, I guess would be a, a common theme there. Yes. So we're now recording this on the 19th of September. The show will go out from the 20th of September. And interestingly, on that date, we understand that there will be a meeting by the AATPA. That's the organization of I added some A's. Different I chart, AMPTP. There we go. I've, I've added some uh, letters, but that I'm basically talking about the organization that is the umbrella body representing all the studios. Studios and, and major streamers, yep. Yeah, so they are who the negotiations about these two guilds that I've mentioned and that body that represents the streamers and studios. So that's where we are. And we believe there is meant to be a meeting between the writers and the studios on Wednesday the 20th. So you may be listening to the show after that meeting has taken place. Now, that's significant, isn't it, Sean? Because there hasn't been a meeting for quite a long time as we're speaking. Nothing they official. haven't talked in a month and a day, essentially, by the time that meeting happens. So uh, that was the last. And this has been it's been four weeks of uh, nothing, you know, essentially a lot of a lot of pain, quite frankly, at this point. I mean, you know, Labor Day was one kind of hope and that came and went. And now we're here in the ninth Labor Day is the first weekend you know, of, of uh, September here in the States. Uh, so, yeah, four weeks of um, uh, nothing on top of three months of being okay. out of work for writers, yeah. and, you know, and even. You know, more so for, for actors so, or something. Long story short, this is now a real problem and a real mess for a lot of people. Obviously, actors and writers are not working now. You might think some of these guys are okay, they're big Hollywood stars and they've got plenty of money, but this affects everything through the food chain. So young up-and-coming actors and writers are not getting work. And also, in some ways, more importantly, or just as importantly, but easily overlooked, are the other types of roles that work on shows. 
you know, shows are not being made. So the electricians that work on shows, the people that run the cameras, the people that clean up the studios, the people that, you know, do the running and make the coffee and all these different jobs that are in the Hollywood ecosystem. These people basically can't work. Yeah, and nothing's being made. Yeah, it's and it's the town. It's the dry cleaners who aren't getting the business from the costumers. It's the restaurateurs and, you know, things like and even just basic lunch joints that don't get the food orders from the writers rooms. You know, it's L.A. is very, very interconnected this way. So, uh, yeah, this is while well, the the SAG and, and, and WGA are on the forefront, um, you know. This really has the tentacles far, far reaching across Los Angeles. And look, the directors even made a deal, but they can't direct. You know, there's nothing to direct. Yeah. So they, they even have a deal and they're, they're, they're affected in that sense. And also, we'll see what this transpires. But the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has also said he's going to start taking some meetings or doing whatever with the WGA and AMPTP. So government may start getting involved because it really is going to affect the economy of the largest city, you know, in, in California. If it's not already, you know, in this sense, so that's also yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge worry because it, now you're, as you said, based in New York, and obviously lots of media and shows are also based in New York. Presumably, the strikes have hit there as well. I think I've heard you report you've walked to different places, haven't you, for the Ankler podcast early on, and saw people picketing outside places in New York as well. Yeah, they're still picketing uh, outside places like 30 Rock, and which is ahead of NBCU, Comcast, mm-hmm. and Paramount. And, you know, um, uh, early on in the strike, they were, they were still things shooting because th- the actors weren't out. So the, yes. the Writers Guild were very active throughout the sound stages of New York, which are often in the boroughs, which is kind of outside of Manhattan City Center, if you're yeah. familiar with it. Um, but no more shooting is going on. So that's so it's primary, primarily focused at the headquarters when it does happen. But New York is clearly not the company town that. LA yeah. is and Broadway is still active. Broadway's on. So that's a big part of the New York economy as well. As, of yeah. course. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, because it's a slightly isn't the actors in on Broadway were not affected by it. It's a different whole different, different set of contracts. Yep. Yep. But because it's causing problems, we're now starting to see various kind of particularly talk show hosts, it seems to me, from what I've been reading, getting very twitchy. We saw Bill Mayer. Didn't we tweet that he was actually bringing his show back? He was using the argument it's really affecting lots of other people that work for me. I'm not going to do the set piece things that need writers, but I'm coming back. The show's going back on air. Interestingly, he is a member of the WGA, and the WGA were not happy with him. Also, I saw, didn't I see Drew Brarymore and Jennifer Hudson wanted to get their shows back on air, their kind of daytime talk shows? Yeah, so this has been every week has a little development here. Yes. So, uh, so essentially, in, in the in the U.S., uh, these are syndicated TV shows. Bill Maher side on on HBO was his own beast, but he always comes back. You know, he takes a summer off. He's back in around this time of September. This is the week that syndicated TV, that's a lot of daytime TV hosts come back. So this was the focus of attention. Where most of these operate under again different contracts. They don't different of of SAG. So, and and some of them. Some shows do employ a couple of WGA writers, and they were saying, okay, we're not going to have that aspect back, but we're going to do the rest of it because we have 200 people who work on this show and et cetera. And we have contracts, quite frankly, to deliver a show. Uh, And then other shows, a few, uh, uh, again, uh, shows like uh, Mark and Kelly and a few other shows, they don't have any WGA writers and they can operate as is. So it's these shows that have a couple of WGA writers, but wholly are not WGA driven. Um, that are causing the controversy, but they're taking different tacks. Uh, yeah, D- Drew Barrymore's no, Jennifer Hudson was no, 
the talk has been going um, that they have, you know, they just said we're not employing our WGA writers, but they've been going for a while. So they're kind of in a limbo and, they, and they've been picketed, uh, quite frankly, in, the, uh, in here in New York. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, and the late night shows are certainly not back. But yes, I want to come on to the late night shows. Yeah. Last time around in 2008, when the writers strike 2007, 2008 happened. Mm -hmm. A lot of these shows did come back and it's really, there's been some pieces written, excellent pieces written this week about just how social media has changed this game where Oprah and Ellen were on the lot and they decided to come back saying, again, we have a staff of hundreds of people. We have a contractual obligation to deal. We'll be in breach of contract. If, you know, again, they are allowed to produce the show. This is not a struck show. This isn't, you know, the WGA yeah. is, a, is a smaller aspect of these shows. So this time, and even the, the late night hosts, you know, a couple of them came back and just did, you know, monologueless shows and whatever it was. And, you know, and SAG wasn't on strike so they can have guests. Uh, so it's a different, you know, the the quirks of this are a little different this time out. It's a much bigger deal. And, and social media has amped this up quite a bit. Yep. That's a really interesting aspect of it. Let's just touch on that for a minute, because you can see that I've seen this on bits of my social media feeds, although I probably don't get it as much as you do based in the U.S., is Digital picketing seems to become be a real thing. And, you know, people who are appearing on podcasts and all sorts of things, there seems to be quite a big backlash to anyone that is even considered a scab, even if they're not technically breaking the pickets or the rules that the two unions have set. Yeah, it depends what rules you're talking about, you know, in a sense that, sure. yes, you have, you have an agreement with the WGA, which is true because as you can have an agreement with the WGA if you want to have WGA writers on the show. But on the whole, you are not a written, show, you know, so it's a very kind of for these shows that do have these WGA writers, it is a bit of a, you know, a, yeah. a gray area, so to speak, but they are legally, you know, whatever, even, the, you know, the, allowed to do it or it's an interpretation at best. Um, yeah, I'm also thinking things like actors appearing on podcasts and TV shows. Well, they can't do anything. I mean, I mean they, can't, they can't promote, they can't talk about <laughs> movies or films. So if they have a new tequila brand that's yeah. legit or if you have a broadway show you can go on and promote that which a lot of actors are you know broadway is getting a lot of big names coming into town uh in the next <laughs> few months uh as actors look for for other lines uh forms of work here so that stuff is fine so again it depends what you're talking about here but you cannot tradition for what they've traditionally done you cannot do what you traditionally did for as yeah. an actor uh, but i do think there really has been an amped up sense of pressure um, from social media, which, you know, it's kind of the world we're living in now and all sorts of different issues, but it's definitely been a significant part of it and made things perhaps a bit more intractable. Arguably so. Uh, clearly the proof's in the pudding here with this talk show situation this week being, you know, the next yes. case in point. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, whether... <laughs> Twitter or social media is representative of, you know, the masses is another question. I mean, certainly when the W... Oh, we the, know the, it's not, but it has <laughs> yeah, an effect, so doesn't it? It has an effect and among a certain, you know, very vocal aspect of, of this uh, equation. So yep. you have to equate that how you want to factor that in. It's a very personal choice as to how you want to deal with that. So it's a reality. Uh, yeah, it's it's been really interesting to watch that. Of course, some of the... Uh, some of these people are not very good at sitting on their hands while their writers negotiate. So we've seen the five big talk show, late night talk show hosts, haven't we? They've done a podcast together. Was it Fallon, Kimmel? Uh, Seth, uh, Seth Kimmel, mm -hmm. Fallon, uh, John Oliver. John Oliver. Seth, who am I 
I forgetting? Uh, and Colbert, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. and there and the money is all going to help their staffs who are not working. So that, yeah, that's so it's quite a nice idea. Uh, yeah. I heard. Um, apparently, this came from them just chatting. <laughs> they used uh, to do this Zoom anyway, so they've hit record. We've seen these kind of like even the, the smartless podcast was the three friends who were just, you know, chatting and like, hey, why don't we do a podcast? You know, is it an idea hit that record, came organically? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what do five yeah, what do five people who are used to talking to people for a living do when they can't do that at a certain point? Yeah, you start looking for projects that uh and, and that and that can help the people who, who uh, they yeah. employ. So a big part of that. One of the, uh, one of the Jimmy's was talking about that on Bill Simmons's show recently, which mm. made me laugh that they kind of just hit record basically on their week. That's it. Uh, it's, I, uh, yeah. This That's is completely vibe. off the rails, but I just love the idea of this kind of uh, secret society of late night <laughs> talk show hosts just meeting together quietly. Yeah, and if you ask people, it may be a dwindling society. You know, a big oh. question is, uh, with these shows gone for so long, um, you know, yes. who's going to be there when, when they come back? It was already a challenged uh, marketplace, we'll put it that way, uh, or at least for the economics of what these guys get mm. paid. And will that maintain is a big question on the other side of this. So uh, uh, enjoying it while, while, while I still have the five slots. Not that I think anybody's going anywhere personally, but definitely a question of, uh, that no one knows the answer to. Well, it's certainly uh, bringing to the forefront the question of what do you actually need? What are people actually working? And that, of course, is one of the theories about why the studios have not been so desperate and so inclined to sort out these strikes is because actually they can write off some shows from their accounts. They, you know, maybe they can use this to get rid of some people at certain points. We did find, you know, that kind of we did find when you weren't there. We don't need you or take a pay cut if you want to stay around, all those kind of things. Um, so there is a bit of a theory. I think, uh, as I say, your colleague Richard Rushfield has sort of at least ad aired this in his newsletter that maybe everyone's not that committed to getting it sorted. That certainly was an argument for a while. I think we're kind of past that to a degree, okay. but you're going to find things as we go here. And we just, so in the US here, uh, yeah, I'm sure you have Yellowstone and some variety over <laughs> in the UK. Yep. Uh, CBS just this is yep. a show that launched in 2018 on Paramount Network here and uh, was available is available to stream on on Peacock Paramount. here. I think it's uh, on, it might be on Paramount Plus. Here. They sold it to Peacock here, so that was a, that's right. a big that's a big point of uh, yeah the, the reason about that. Um, but they're airing it now again from the beginning on CBS, which just premiered Sunday after football in 60 minutes and did wow 6.6 million viewers, which is essentially what. The show that it replaced uh, the Queen Latifah's The Equalizer was doing in the time slot, but it's a five-year-old show. So, is there life for these streaming shows or shows that were on cable or or on streaming on broadcast TV? Where again, you've already paid for it. This is just the profit margin is pretty high because your costs have already been amortized across the other windows you've already done. So. The network, you know, we'll see. It's an evolution of finding these new rules of television that were verboten for so long, maybe because of just tradition or whatever it was. Like there may be things that come out of it, but you, the, the thing, Charlotte, now is really looking at the the calendar math is really adding up here, and that's the thing that everybody's really looking at, regardless of what the deal points are, and we'll see where it goes. And this is look, it's, it's, it's we're recording here on on the nineteenth. It'll be the 22nd on Friday. This, you know, this they're meeting tomorrow for the first time in four months. I'm sure nothing too material will happen this week. Uh, and that. So you're talking, all right, then we're at the end of September next week, but maybe, maybe 
we could have a, a, a agreement in principle between the WGA and maybe by A and PTP. And then it still has to go to the the body to for a vote, which takes about ten days to two weeks for the yep. writers. Writers, writers the, the guild members have to approve any of these deals. They don't just yep. you know it's not the members stamping it and saying all right back to work. You know, so add two weeks ish onto the end of any agreement. So that would be the middle of October at the earliest that the writers would be back to work. So at least you can begin writing the series. But then SAG SAG and the the actors and NPTP haven't even talked since the middle of July. Yeah. So that's you saw Sassy from the beginning at one no, point. I mean, yeah. they can use some things with the DGA and WGA, but as we noted earlier, there are issues particular to the to SAG after that do not yes. apply to the other two. So things like likenesses be, and voices and uh, even the pay rates are, you know, different yeah. requests and things like that. And, you know, uh, the writer's job and an actor's job are very, very different in nature. So, uh, so that's going to happen. So when are we back shooting? I mean, people are just like doing the math now and it takes a while for production to ramp up and budget yep. to be all this stuff. And uh, the more you look at the calendar, the more the conclusion, just keeps coming in it's like there's a very very good chance nothing will begin shooting until january yeah shooting, shooting until january not doesn't mean airing you know no. so uh it, it is starting to feel like me to me following from afar that basically it's going to take the rest of the year to unpack all, and unwind all of this it's getting every day goes by charlotte and it's just you know it doesn't get any better uh no. doesn't this the calendar math here really starts kicking in and throwing certainly the thanksgiving and christmas holidays here and not that people wouldn't work through the holidays this year because they just you know need the money at this point but uh but typically that's a, a quiet period so you know you're talking no new network or any cable tv shows or anything until march maybe at that point, what's even the season? Uh, and then the movie schedule next year is a still a big question mark as to yep. what's going to be adjusted and, and so on and so forth. So, And let's talk about how this affects the streamers, because we always like to think that streaming services have this almost infinite catalogue of stuff. There's always something you can watch, if you, you know, find a new show that you haven't found before. And maybe that's true. Maybe we'll all find wonderful, wonderful things that we haven't found because there's nothing that new. But it's also true, we know this particularly from when you look at Netflix numbers. There's a reason they sp spread out Stranger Things over two quarters, right? Um, that people either keep or take out subscriptions to services based on new shows and movies that they want to watch. And there surely is a point where this becomes a real, real problem for streamers because there's just nothing new they can shout about. Yeah, and it's not one size fits all. So I actually wrote a little bit about this uh, yesterday in my yes. newsletter, The Wake Up at the Ankler, uh, about HBO. And they are the HBO, not just Max, but HBO as a you know as a brand and as a, as a business. HBO shows are different, you know, than Max shows. And uh, you know, they just they the the Idol got you know went this summer got canceled. They just canceled Winning Time, their LA Lakers show, which I love personally, but uh -huh. has its, own, its own history there. You would have to you say know, that in New York. Uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. The Knicks have their own issues. I'm not too worried about LA and Boston. Um, extremely well done show. Just any any fan of basketball has to be a fan of that show, even or not basketball, but. You know, and now HBO has a six-week period where they have nothing on. You know, Sunday night is generally HBO night here in, in America, yep. and, not, and there's no new script. Which is what, um, that's become a thing here, you know, succession okay, yeah. particularly. Right. Because, and... you know, when Sky, Sky Atlantic took those shows. Yes. They right. saw, well, we sort of got it, from was it sort of became 2 a.m. 
Sunday or Monday <laughs> whatever, morning. Whatever the day it was, exactly. Yeah, but, Monday morning is HBO. Uh, so, but they have a six-week period where there's no new scripted show on, and the next one is The Gilded Age, which did okay in the first season. It's not one of their, you know, it's not Succession. It's not uh, yeah. Last of Us. It's not Euphoria. It's not a top, maybe it'll, it'll grow into that, you know, who knows, but it's a period piece in, in New York City. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But, and then the, you know, next looking ahead, they have the True Detective done, uh, right now another edition of that with Jodie Foster in January. Then they have a couple of miniseries, you know, which do well, but, you know, there's tent poles of Last of Us, Euphoria, White Lotus, they haven't even not even written much less shot. So yeah. you're going to have a, you know, you have House of the Dragon, which did was was able to finish. So that'll hit next year. But they're going to have some periods there where they're a little fallow. Netflix is still saying they're the big cupboard of stuff that they're fine with. Apple TV Plus is still dropping three, essentially three new series a month. Yep. I don't know idea what their thinking is at this point. But they I, I think Apple TV Plus is a slightly different beast because I think people from the offset have accepted less on Apple TV Plus. People don't accept the quite the volume they expect from an HBO, from a Netflix. Well, they but they've been dropping three series a month all year long. Like they've they yeah they have, uh, they've I mean, I've been predict- staggered by the amount they have in yeah. the content library. Right, right. So I think, you know, who knows how long it's going to last for, but they have set, you're right. Traditionally speaking, they were not that company of dropping a lot. And then this year, they they invested so much. And like, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And, you know, they canceled some things quickly and they're moving fast, but their Mm -hmm. volume, I'm saying, is very, very high. And they have not adjusted that for this, for the strike to maybe slow things down some yeah. things out they have not done that um amazon arguably has it a bit they have nfl uh, here in season they don't have some sport aspects you know uh, of the brand as well so there's other things on amazon and certainly prime is yeah. shipping is a bigger aspect there so there's different you know different carriers for diff- different streamers really yeah just to end the apple conversation actually the one thought that occurs to me that could be a real issue for apple is the Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio film, Clears of the Flower Moon, because they have spent a fortune of it in both time and money, and that has to be a hit. And if there is still a strike where Leonardo DiCaprio cannot go and show off about this film, that is a massive problem for Apple TV+. It's a interesting quirk. Uh, October twentieth is the you know worldwide yep. worldwide release date in theaters through Paramount. Um, which, as you say, if that's perceived, it's it's not a money thing. It's more of a perception thing. And this is perceived as their first attempts at a major theatrical release than mm-hmm. them being Apple. They have a few more lined up uh, for next year uh, through different different. Or actually, no, Napoleon is actually also their Ridley Scott film. I believe is in November. But then... there's something particular about Killers of the Flower Moon because it has been there from the beginning. It's the one that they've talked about and showed off about sure. and built it's, up it's, for multiple yeah. years. It played Khan this year. It's been out. Exactly. So exactly right. $200 million movie. Uh, With Martin Scorsese, Leonardo Martin DiCaprio. And Robert De Niro. Yeah. Robert, yeah. Like, yeah. if yeah. you oh, paid for those people, you want sure. Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio to be on every single talk show. Yeah. You on... don't pay Leo all that money not to promote the movie. Exactly. Bingo. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be very always a little secular, a little choice in his, <laughs> his PR, but uh, but uh, DiCaprio certainly, uh, yeah, and it's you know we'll see what that opens to. But again, remember, in terms of the Appleness of it all, the film does go to Apple after theatrical. So if the SAG after strike is, is still ongoing, dissolved by December, 
when the film hits Apple, Leo DiCaprio can then promote the movie when it's on. Go watch it on Apple. So there is a secondary no, this... benefit for Apple's as to why, as to because I'm with you. I mean, a little bit. Like, why are they keeping this date? And you know, but there is you could see a benefit for the producer of the film to benefit their own service. But a perceived theatrical flop is good for nobody, and no. it doesn't much less for Leo himself. Like the last yep. thing he wants is a movie where he's into flop. So uh, yeah, it's going to be. They've already been buying a lot of advertising here in the U.S. This is over uh, about a month out now. That'll ramp up. So that's going to be the lever to pull, and we'll <laughs> we'll see how. And it goes. They, I mean, they obviously between Apple and Paramount, they obviously have a lot of cash with which to pull that lever. But uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's part of the deal. Uh, but it's also of note, it's one week after the Taylor Swift movie. So that's <laughs> not the same demographic, but you're going to have a, a th- Taylor Cook. Well, she's building toward what could be a hundred million dollar weekend opening the weekend before, you know, again, not a, the same audience, but you're dealing with yep. week two of that. It was a pretty formidable competition to be in theaters yeah. with. So yeah. uh, maybe the kids go to the Taylor Swift and, and you know, oh, it's mom, to killers, mom and yeah. dad go to killers. Who knows? It's going to be really interesting because now we really are getting to the stage of people going, there's actually nothing new to watch. You, When you were last on the show, we're like, we're not quite there yet. There's still enough to get through maybe to the end of the year. It's all fine. No one really cares about seeing promo. The studios care about it. The punters mm-hmm. don't really care. Although it's interesting, I read your numbers that you put into the wake up every morning, and you can see that some movies are really being affected by the lack of promo. Could but- be. It's yeah, it's hard to you know, it's hard to say. For I mean, a little bit here and there, and again, how, is it the quality of the film or is it the lack of you know, it's chicken or the egg? You know, you can make an argument either way. Uh, but it depends on the film, and you're right about the DiCaprio, where it's a star-driven. You know, we just had a uh, Haunting in Venice, which is a classic ensemble with many actors of note, and none of them can go out to promote the film. So a film like that, yes, The Nun Two probably would have done just as well, or as it would have before. It's not dependent upon that. Blue Beetle. Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift can promote her movie, FYI. Yeah. Uh, and the and Exorcist boy, is will coming. Up. Boy, yeah, exactly. And The Exorcist is coming up, which again is a property that you know has Leslie Odom Jr. and Ellen Burstyn, but it's not you know dependent upon the stars so it is dependent upon the case by case here but uh yeah i you know i would say i still haven't felt i mean in sport nfl is back here premier league is back there yeah sports is a big part of the conversation this time of year so it drags away from entertainment naturally but uh you know the tv season's a little thin but streaming is still going uh, to a degree, as we just mentioned, Apple's seemingly fine. Netflix, yep. really, you, you couldn't tell a difference. Yeah, um, you, the, you Apple know. managed to get the morning show out. Morning Obviously, show just dropped. not yep. much promo, but right, the you show's lost out. Aniston and Reese and John Hamm and all those guys could right. So a show yeah, like I mean, that probably suffered a bit. You know, you yep. hired John Hamm for season three. You kind of want him <laughs> right. talking right. to everyone, looking handsome, and talking and, to everyone. And, and for John Hamm is probably the most pissed because this is a big opportunity. You know, he's, you know, a little hit or miss in his track record. And like, this is a big, you know, big role for him in a big show and he can't get his own PR machine going. So, it, you know, it does hurt the John Hamm brand. Is it yeah, it's well. really, um, just to wrap that up, this up, I think we've seen, we discussed the kind of social media peer pressure element of all this, which kind of indicates support for the cause of the strikes and the strikes. Um, you know, perhaps you could argue that people are not thinking through the food chain as they keep pushing for the strikes. 
But in general, I see no one going, oh, the actors are lazy, they should just get back to work. I don't see anyone going, the writers are lazy, they should get back to work. There seems to be generally be support for them against the studios, from what I can tell. Yeah, I've heard, uh, see, heard and seen very little on either for writers or actors. Uh, exactly. And again, we, we have a big auto worker strike happening here in the U.S. right now. Uh, there have been other strike movements this summer that have been gone on. So mm -hmm. labor's having a real moment here and, and a do moment uh, in America, at least. And this is part of that. And no one is uh, taking that. People, you said earlier, it's certain, you know, a certain percentage of actors or writers make a lot, a lot of money, you know, but you have 11,000 people in the Writers Guild. You have 160 plus thousand in, in SAG. Clearly, most of them are not making not much making, money. Yeah. And this these are real things that really affect their their livelihood of these rate increases and protections. And yeah. uh, so people get that has been, been communicated effectively that this these are, quote unquote, everyday oh, people, not the, yeah. the superstars. Of, so to speak. I mean, yeah. it's very clear that the, the unions have won the PR battle. Um, and so people seem to be generally supportive of that. And there doesn't seem to be kind of any shift in that. Could, I wonder, do you think as it goes on, that will happen? As people get irritated, their favorite show hasn't come back. Is that going to happen? Will we see that? Uh, I don't, I would be surprised. I mean, you know, this would be the time that the fall TV, this is basically fall TV season premiere week that would yep. have happened. And now it's, there's a couple of shows on NBC that they had in the can that are back, but that's, that's about it. Um, I, you know, this isn't, 2008 back to social media people to spend their time differently and back to that queue of streaming i think you um, i know i do i'm sure you do have a list of shows that you have been meaning to watch and you have not watched yes hi lioness so, is on paramount plus yes i need th to get there to you that go one. exactly they go to lioness they would be very happy if you would they're very high in that show um so yeah there's there's this isn't a dearth of i have nothing to watch or do it's just like so I don't think that that backlash would ever really uh, come forward. And I don't think, you know, there's a rationale for it. It's like, yeah, you need to get paid, man. That's, you know, listen, you're due money. Uh, get it. You know, it's a big, a big kind of, you know, yeah, and people, get the, the, people get the world of entertainment has changed as well. Yeah. So I always finish up asking you this. How's it going to mm -hmm. end, Sean? <laughs> uh for people who can't see sean just burst into tears and head uh, under the desk define define it that could be a very large question uh yeah it'll end in a deal it's not you know there's only one way this ends and there's not hollywood's not going out of business um and as i often say in the wake up you know hollywood doesn't have a demand problem it has a business problem mm. um so a demand problem is much larger to fix and that people no longer want your product that is not no, no not true in the least whether uh, it's streamers or cinema we know that's not true whatever people tv people still like to watch tv shows and movies they love to go you know yeah. barbing they take your barbie example you can take your succession example you can take your last of exam you know whatever you want change your yeah. things pick your pick your one um but it does have a severe business problem um and that this is a material line in the sand this isn't just uh you know these these you know, uh, deals come up every three years, uh, these guild deals. Um, this is a much, this is a fundamental change. This isn't just a normal negotiation. So yeah. That, and it seems to me uh, actually the acting one, you pointed out how long the actors in the studios haven't spoken for that seems to me that's going to take the longest to unpick. 
That's you'd be, um, you know, just because there hasn't been the lack of progress, if anything. Right, but you will have had two precedent deals ahead of time, which okay. hopefully will get you closer than a page one start. Sure, That's sure, not sure. a guarantee, but, but at yeah. least you know you're not you're not doing a, a page page one start. But I do believe you're right. I mean, you know, that was July twelfth, I think, was the actor strike date. So we're now into two months, so, two months, yeah. uh, several weeks of that. That'll be three months before that even gets to the table. Table, exactly. Uh, so that's a problem. So yeah, I, oh. you know, I would be hopeful that this is a best case scenario. I would see is you have two deals done by early November. Okay. Okay. That's well, best case. But when I speak, to, you'll be back. I hope in November, December, when this is either ended or I not said ended. Best case. I said best case. I didn't say the case. Just for well, the record. So yeah. when we get absolutely no Christmas movies and things are apocalyptic, <laughs> well, you're coming back on this show and more, fronting uh, up for it. Yeah, Christmas next year is in jeopardy. Christmas movies this year are already shot. You're good, but it's more okay. The ones that are next well, year we'll come back. Problem, you can so. come back and we'll blame you for that. Um, for <laughs> Sean, thanks so much as always for explaining the nuances of this. Where can people keep up with you and your excellent work? Yeah, you can uh, subscribe to my newsletter, The Wake Up, at theankler.com. Um, you get the full suite of newsletters and podcasts, including all Richard, entertainment, entertainment strategy guy, and so forth. Um, and, of course, and your got, Strike Guys newsletter and that's we have free. A free, totally free newsletter done by the wonderful Elaine Lowe at The Ankler. Uh, you can sign up for that uh, 100% free. It's a daily evening missive or evening here in the U.S., uh, evening newsletter from Elaine, strikegeist.com, 100% free. And uh, I, of course, also host the Ankler podcast, which is a weekly podcast we do. You can listen to, just search the Ankler on your podcast platform, listening listening platform of choice. Did I say that right? Anyway, either way, you know where to find podcasts. We do one. It's always worth listening to. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on various social media platforms, or Charlotte A. Henry if I'm not if I've dropped half of my name. So you can find me across there. <laughs> Obviously, I would love you to head over to newsletter.theedition.net, uh, sign up for the newsletter, and even upgrade to a lovely pay subscription. It makes such a difference in keeping the whole show on the road. It means I don't have to go on strike with my employer. Oh, that's... With yourself? Yeah. Uh -huh. With myself. We'll deal yeah. with that off air. Sean, thank you so much once again for being on the show, and I'll see you all next week. Yeah.